All right, welcome to the New Yorker Cartoon Caption Contest podcast. I am Vin Coca. With me is Beth Lawler and Paul Nesha. And on part two of today's episode, we have New Yorker cartoonist Sam Marlowe. Uh, he did the recent Swiss cheese cartoon. I was not in for that interview, so I look forward to listening to that as well. But before that, let's jump in here to winner of contest 852, which unfortunately was not Paul. No. no. And I thought mine was plain, which was a pretty plain caption, but a good one. I, I think that was decent. Yeah, I, I don't mind losing to that one or coming in second to it, I should say. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with second. Or as, as a friend of mine pointed out, uh, uh, it's number two, which is very appropriate for my <laughs> caption. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I think I and I thought it mine was plain was a was a good caption. So yeah, but so was yours, Paul. Yours was good too. And as we always say, it's it's the uh being picked as a finalist is the real winner here. Absolutely. It really, really is. As I say that with clenched teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I know it is it is sometimes a letdown to come in second. But but But, it happens. Yeah. Second in my book is still a win. It's still a win. Yep. And I got out of the third position, so I'm happy with mm-hmm. that. Yep. Uh, well, this this guy was in the first place spot too, right? Right. It he went... was in the first place spot, and me in the second place spot switched positions. So, mm-hmm. and I uh, I heard your discussion with Larry. I agree with him in theory. It should not matter, and it makes no logical sense it that it matters. True. But this year, more than ever, and I'll send uh, I'll send it to you because I was tracking it. First place is winning like all the time. It's like over sixty wow. percent for this year in particular. It's it's crazy how first place is is uh that first place spot is just winning week after week. Um, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it makes no logical sense. It's three choices it should not be a factor whatsoever. Yeah. But it seems to be. I would seems- love it if it randomized it on the web here. You know, for people mm-hmm. voting, is that it would come up in the three captions come up in different positions each time, so that it's not the first caption in the first position all the mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, obviously you can't do it in the magazine, but no. you can certainly do it. And you, well, you can't vote in the magazine, so it right. makes no difference. Right. right. So, and it'd be interesting if they could do that to see what happens with that uh, mm-hmm. positioning. Yeah. Well, they couldn't tell. It's just, then it, it's see, since we don't have the actual percentages of how pe- much people win by, we would never know. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, talking finalists, how about uh, Contest 854? The businessman in a suit at a computer uh, on the side of a pool with a bunch of people swimming in the pool. And the finalists were, I found a hotspot. This meeting could have been an email. And it's sink or swim. I have thoughts on all of these. Uh, But I guess, Beth, you could uh, open up for us wherever you want to start. Maybe we'll take them one by one. Okay. Um, all right, I'll go one by one then. Um, I found a hot spot. I am so shocked that they picked that. It's a pee in the pool joke. And I, I'm just amazed that they picked that as a finalist. I mean, that's funny in theory, but I don't think it's New Yorker cartoon funny. So I, I don't like that one. Uh I have thoughts on that. For one, I somewhat disagree. I actually find that to be funny. I think mm-hmm. per, I think that's actually a good caption. But my further thoughts are, for the listening audience who may not know, Rachel Perlman is now picking finalists or is mm-hmm. now at least calling them down a change from Colin. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a change, it, it seems with this limited set of data, she's new at doing it, but she seems like she's going to lean more towards juvenile humor. Right. In other words, yeah. Paul's frogs. Sophomoric. I would go sophomoric humor. I wouldn't say juvenile. <laughs> All right. Sophomoric. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. There, there's a caption from last week that I said juvenile. OK, so maybe you're right. All right. So sophomoric humor. Right. So a frog's mm-hmm. ass is a sophomoric yes. type mm-hmm. cap. And I would say a hotspotted as well. Yeah. So Rachel may lean more that way. And uh, yeah, Colin did not. Mm hmm. I think I found the hotspot's actually a good caption. It works. It, it, you know, he found the word that works for both, right? There's a hotspot in a pool, uh, or there can be. I have, I have a problem here, though. I have a problem with that is that nobody ever calls it a hot spot. It's always warm spot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have a little problem with that it there because <laughs> they had to change a little bit to make it work with computer Wi-Fi mm-hmm. spot. And it's like, yeah, that kind of pushes it a little bit, you know, off to the side for me where it's kind of like yeah although you you do know what they're talking about when you you see it but it's not quite on target i mean they had to Mm. fudge a little bit to make it work with the computer hotspot so Mm. yeah i mean i will say for the options they gave us i think this one is the far and away best i don't even think it's it's even close uh but i guess we'll we'll take them one by one so i'll get your thoughts um so beth what's your feeling on this could have been an email no. <clears throat> this meeting could have been an email. No, that that doesn't work really well either. I mean, that's just like that's just like a generic caption. That's like a universal caption. That so, is the most disappointing caption yes. I uh-huh. may have. Ever seen. Yes. That you yeah. read that and you want yeah. to quit the game. You don't even want right. to play. <laughs> because no, that tells you the judges don't know anything. I, I mean, that caption is so bad to yeah. be a finalist. You just don't want to play. You're like, if this is the if they're picking this and they don't know what they're doing, they don't, they, yeah. they're bad judges. Yeah. yeah. If, if well, that would have been a sandwich on the side of the pool, they would have picked, do you have any gray Poupon as the caption? That's yeah. where yeah. that level Anytime is. Anytime someone is in a suit, somebody submit, or many people submit, this meeting could have been an email. Mm-hmm. It's insane to actually pick that as a, as yeah. a finalist. It is insane. That's inexcusable, yeah. in my opinion. That, yeah. it's, it, it's almost insulting that they picked that. In my it, opinion. It, it really is. It truly yeah. is. Because- I would submit that as a throwaway caption. Like if I couldn't come up with anything and I just I wouldn't wanted even to submit be in that it, as a throwaway. I'd just be like, you know, I'd like to add you to my professional network on that's, LinkedIn. That's an you embarrassment. Know, like- <laughs> that's an embarrassment. I would not even submit that as a throwaway. It's such an overused joke in general. I mean, for caption right. contests in particular, but just in general, this meeting could have been mm-hmm. an email. It's so oversaid mm-hmm. and and played out at this point. I yeah. Mean, there may, may be a cartoon out there somewhere that that would actually make a really good caption for, but generally speaking, I haven't come across it. And it probably <laughs> would have 15 years ago. Right. It yeah. was yeah. Right. somewhat fresh, mm-hmm. somewhat in the zeitgeist. Now that's just so right. old. It's, it's, mm-hmm. You know, again, 15 years ago, if you saw it in a cartoon, it was kind of fresh. You go, oh, that's pretty good. Yep. Right. Not now. It's, it's, it, it's, it, that's this, this one's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I'm t- I was really surprised because there were a lot better captions in the crowdsourcing. For sure. Yeah. Well, way to go, Daniel, on that one, putting that one in there. I mean, yeah. I'm sure yeah, there were I mean, dozens of them. I'm sure yeah, there were dozens yeah. of them. I mean, he got in with it. So, yeah. well, I mean, more power to him, but yeah, I was the surprised. Way you do it. I was definitely surprised. All right. And how about it's sink or swim? Who's going to explain this one to me? Because I don't it's, know, I have no idea what that means. 
Well, it's a play on um, that's the the saying. It's sink or swim. Like you're going to do your job, you're either going to sink or swim. But it's S I N K, meaning you're going to sink or swim. But sink S Y N C H is like you know you have sometimes at work you have to sync your email, you have to sync your calendar, you have to sync your phone to your computer. So it's it's a play on that. So it's, he's it's, sinking and not swimming. The other guy is swimming and not sinking. It's it's a clever wordplay without a lot of depth to it. It's not clever right. at all. That, that, right. I don't even that doesn't even make well. It's clever it. that they switch. What he's sinking to, and I'm not even positive that's what it means. You sure it's not some type of play on synchronized swimming? No. 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 I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about Ooh. that. I don't think so. It's it, it, no. it's the saying. Is it sink or swim? Yeah. You know. I understand sink, sink or swim. swim t- right. So but I think saying, it's so he's sinking to a sinking Bluetooth his device. Computer. Yeah, he's sinking his data. He's sinking his calendar. He's sinking his phone. Something like that. You know. All right. But, I mean, um, if I play with it, I can get to like it. Like, <laughs> like you know, like like if you want to say it's sink or swim. Like if it doesn't sink soon, I'm going to throw the computer in the water, and it's going to and it's you know it's going to swim. Or he had a choice between sinking and swimming, and he chose to sink. I mean, right. the guy standing in the pool, I don't. Right, in the suit. As I said, not a lot of depth to it. You really can't think about it too hard. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, now people are just, set, you know, settling on wordplay to the point where if it somewhat makes mm-hmm. any sense whatsoever and it and it's yeah. wordplay, it's, it's a finalist now. That's where we're at. Just any right. type of wordplay you can come up with is now going to be a finalist. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, why does it, that's why I wish people would move a little bit away from the wordplay in these um, contests, because like, I mean, I've been guilty of wordplay many times. So I'm not saying that, you know, people should never do it, but I found a hot spot is wordplay. So why have another caption in there as a finalist? That's also wordplay. There, there were many other captions in there that were not wordplay that were worthy of being finalists. And it would have been better. Like one wordplay caption per contest would be, would be, I think, a better way to approach it. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't have picked that one. I'm sorry to say, which is why as we go through those three, I say I found the hot spot is, is so far and away the winner of these, uh, you know, I don't think it's an amazing caption, but they gave him just dead runners up where I, I think well, I found the hot spot is certain to win, especially it's in the top it's spot. It's in the top spot. It's in the top spot, so it's probably going to win. But I don't think that I found a hot spot is any better than it's sink or swim. I think they're equal in my mind. And honestly, I, I like I kind of actually prefer the sink or swim because it's not a pee in the pool joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we're going the hot spot just There's works only- so much better for me, though. It just There's- works much better. Yeah. I guess it does work better. It is better wordplay, but it, uh, it's losing me with the the pee in the pool joke. There were so many pee in the pool jokes in that crowdsourcing. Yes, there were a lot of them. It was, it was crazy to me. I was like, what? Why is everybody submitting a joke about peeing in the pool? There's only one pee in the pool joke I ever saw that I thought was funny. And it was a sign on one of my friend's pools growing up. And it said, welcome to our ool. Notice there's no pee in it. Please keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, we don't swim in your toilet. Please don't pee in our pool. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And if I'm right, 
that Rachel leans towards sophomoric humor, maybe it's not a bad approach. Yeah. Well, I may be wrong. I mean, I'm just basing it on those two captions, but we'll see. We'll see how time progresses. Yeah, yeah. kind of regretting uh, the caption they entered in the uh, the road going to the living room because originally I was thinking of uh, we should get off our asphalt. I didn't <laughs> enter that one. <laughs> that was a good I one. Went for it. That was didn't a good. Didn't one. want to do two of them. <laughs> not so soon. <laughs> you know what? You should just always go with your gut. Yeah, I should. All right. How about this week? A, uh, another Lonnie Millsap. Two corn on the cob, standing on what appears to be a hot sidewalk, and their kernels are popping, and we have uh, popcorn. Pretty cute little cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, good idea. Probably works without a caption, but I think it does need a caption. Yeah. Uh, you know, the joke is kind of there. They're hot, so they're popping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of really does work without a caption, but I think a caption would help you. Yeah. Uh, you guys both were doing this late in the week. We're recording this on Thursday. Very, very late for us. Uh, so I assume you both submitted. Yeah, I no. submitted right no. away. Right away. Right away. First thing that popped into my head Ooh. popped popped <laughs> into my head, <laughs> and I I submitted. I didn't even think about any other ideas. I don't. I don't remember coming up with many. Well, maybe I did put one or two more in the uh, Facebook group. I just don't remember. Um, but I submitted. What I thought of, I thought of it within 30 seconds of looking at the cartoon. And I, <laughs> so it was um, hot flash again, dear. So like it's a yeah, husband that and wife and, and they're standing there and she had a hot flash. And because she had a hot flash, her kernels popped. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. One drawback to that is that the large sun in the background with the rays rating off a bit. You know, yeah, but kinda... but. But being hot can actually make you have a hot flash. So it still works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hot flashes definitely works. Uh, mm. yeah. I won't be surprised if it's a common angle, though. Yeah, it probably will be yeah, a common so. angle. Yeah. yeah, that's why I submitted it early, because I figured, I don't know that anybody would have the exact same wording that I did, but I submitted it early just in right. case. Yeah. How about you, Paul? You didn't submit, so you got to... No, I did not. And I was, it's like, I'm having a hard time with this one. I, I, it's like, this is the kind of cartoon that I would love to do, but I just am not getting any traction with it. You know, the first thing I thought of was just a really, really bad pun. And I almost hate to say it here, just how bad it is. Uh, we should call a cob. <laughs> you laughed. You laughed. <laughs> you should not should laugh at that one. That's thinking, like a kid. Yes. Oh, they're, they're, they're from I Boston. Didn't get it. I yeah, didn't we get should have. They're should, from Boston. We should hail, like, hail a cob. You know, I can't do a Boston accent. You but, would have to say hail a cob, yeah, not hail, call yeah. a cob, because because I was thinking cop. I was like, yeah, you're right. Why would they call a cop? It's, it's yes, funny that you know. I originally had it that way, but I wrote down call in my notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that you know, if it wasn't for the popcorn there, I, there'd be a lot of stalking captions uh i think we're being stopped uh-huh. so yeah a topical one now do you believe in global warming it's gonna That's be not bad. A, a million of those yeah there's gonna be uh-huh. one of those that'll be tough to stand out on mm-hmm. and I, I stole one from uh, some other contests here kazoon tight mm-hmm. i like that which works i it, it and works, but it's been done twice before I, it hasn't been done <laughs> twice i believe it has been done at least once at least once i thought somebody had uh, uh, 
It was done with the Drew Dernovich, the the acupuncture needles. And didn't somebody do it with the dogs with the cone where the cone was inverted? They might have. I don't know that that was, uh, was that a winner? It seems like there's another one. Or a finalist? Mm. Maybe not. I don't know. Where I saw it again somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's here's the problem I have with this. I'm starting to overthink it. Uh, I'm looking at these uh, ears of corn and there aren't any kernels missing off of them. I know. I, I, I bothered me too. Yeah. I, I looked for that as well and I didn't see any either. Right. So what does that mean? I mean, does that mean the popcorn's coming from somewhere else? So I started trying to come up with something like that. And this one's for you, Ben. Uh, I warned Ben about becoming a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a year of corn somewhere fighting a fire and not having a very good time doing that. <laughs> kind of a thinker. Uh, yeah. And the last one was, uh, looks like we're going to end up as old maids, which I don't get. I don't okay. really get that. Uh, uh, maybe that's not to reference in the East Coast. Uh, the bottom of a bucket of popcorn, all the unpopped kernels, we call those old maids. Oh, I never so heard look, that before. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that either. <laughs> that's good to know. It must be a Midwest thing. Uh, that must be a Miss- Wisconsin thing. Yeah, so it looks like we're going to end up as old maids is that if they keep popping, the only thing that's going to be left are the unpopped kernels of the old maids. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. not going to work because it's a Midwest thing. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that would translate to everybody. Okay, Um, and that's all I've got so far. Uh, Not sure where I'm going with it. What I'm sure will be uh, what I thought was the obvious pun. I'm sure there'll be many is uh, our ears are popping. Mm -hmm. That seems like the obvious pun. Yeah. I didn't. I did not think of that. One, so that's, that's actually good. But yeah, you're right. That's that seems like a most more obvious pun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Another. This is short, but it doesn't really make any sense. Was just five second rule. But you don't really know what it means. Like they're going to eat it themselves. Yeah, like, I don't ugh. know that they would eat their own popcorn. Cannibalism. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Yeah. Kind of cannibalistic. It's like the. Um, did you ever see the uh, cinnamon toast crunch? commercials where the little cinnamon toast crunch guys are eating eating other cinnamon toast crunch and it's really weird <laughs> no i haven't like cannibalistic no. cinnamon toast crunch you gotta look it up <laughs> okay um i know there's gonna be a million movie theater captions so i don't know if i'll submit yeah. it but it works fairly well is uh mm-hmm. let's skip the barbecue and go to the movies but i just know there's, I don't gonna, know be that there's gonna be a million of those that's good i, I suspect there will be a lot of movie theater yeah i'm wondering if there's something with air conditioning you know it's uh, the movie theater is always air conditioned or something yeah there's a twist on that like yeah a meat locker in most movie theaters Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh i didn't submit yet either but at the moment i'm looking at either let's skip the barbecue and go to the movies or technically you're still street corn uh you know street corn is like on the cob corn yeah yeah Yeah. now it's popcorn on the street uh (laughs) So those those are the two I'm bouncing around right now. Mm. Yeah, the other thing that's throwing me off here is that uh, whenever I see uh, ears of corn that have been, uh, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Anthrom- anthropomorphized? Anthropomorphic. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That uh, they're usually the other way around, where the uh, stem is on the bottom, and that they're for me these are upside down, and I don't know why that's bugging me. Maybe it's because the tassels on the ear of corn they usually turn that into hair. You know, that's why they're. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever I, I see think it, that. that's the way it usually is. You know, mm. turned around, so it's like 
Lonnie is throwing me off here. Just he's got his corn upside down for, for me. So just me. Well, they, they're partially shucked, but sometimes it's like midway down, like their bottoms are still covered. Oh, now yes. now <laughs> we're shocked. There you go. Now we're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Way things are going, that will win too. Oh, shuck it. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to hear the interview with Sam Marlowe. Um, but before we do, let's do a favorite cartoon from the issue. Okay. There were a lot of cartoons in this week's issue. Yeah. Right. I felt like there was like almost 20 of them. Usually not. There's usually like 12. I was surprised there was that many. But how about you, Beth? What was your uh, what was your favorite? Um, my favorite was the Michael Maslin. The prehistoric people with a pool and a basketball court and cars and computers. And one of the prehistoric couple is saying to a neighbor we wanted our kids to have all the things we never had i like that one too that that i thought that was a good one mm -hmm. that was uh one that i was considering choosing myself mm -hmm. it was good it wasn't in my top four but it was good not even the top yeah. four wow yeah. i don't even know that i usually like four really? out, of whole, out of the whole <laughs> well there's there's i think three or four of them that i really liked here that i had a hard time deciding on so mm. I only liked one other one. I don't yeah, yeah, that. I know. I, and I, <laughs> but drum roll. Let's see what. Uh, let's see what you went with. Uh, boy, I really wanted to go with one, but I decided to go with the uh, Seth Fleshman. Uh, it's the stage with the very tall microphone, and in the background, peeking behind the curtain, you can just tell there's a giraffe peeking out, and mm -hmm. I I don't know why, but I I laughed at that one. It's it's for me. It's a silly one again. You know, it's like that yeah. one with Sam Gross from last week with the uh, whack a mole. It, it, I found it funny. I laughed at it. So it's like mm -hmm. okay, if I laugh at it, it's it's the one I like. Yeah, that was my second choice. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's not enough for me. It's you know they're tall, so it's a tall microphone. I mean, <laughs> get it? It's but... just not really doing enough. It's just silly. <laughs> it's like I would have never thought of this. You know, it's just you know it's. Just some just simple concept. And he does it perfectly. You know, just that yes, little close enough of the giraffe peeking out well. there. Right. By just having the head peeking out, it's executed as best yeah. it can. Yeah. Because if if he had the giraffe standing at the microphone, no, it no. would need it would need a caption. Right. With with the giraffe just peeking out behind the curtain, it doesn't need a caption. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely executed perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, there's the little stool with there with the glass of water. You know, just, <laughs> a nice touch. A nice touch. Yeah, it's cute. We have to get him on because he only does captionless. Yeah. Oh, I asked him. Not I interested. No. Mm -hmm. He doesn't talk. It's no captain, so he doesn't yeah. talk. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess right. There'd be nothing to say. Mm -hmm. We did interview him actually. <laughs> I would just love to have him on, but I asked him and he said no. Obviously, uh, I wonder if they've ever because he does captionless. I wonder if they've ever tried to buy one of his for the caption contest and he turned it down. That would be an know. interesting question to ask. Yeah. He's like the master at captionless. I mean, his, his stuff, I can't even think of one that might need a caption that. He yeah. Yeah. He does them where they really good. Yeah. yeah. They're really good. Yeah. That is hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And speaking of captionless, I went with a captionless as well. I went with the Ed Steed, which is not, funny but i like it's i think it's a like a clever 
commentary on life. And mm-hmm. I'll explain what it is. You know, it's a little baby opening a Jack in the box, a Jack in the box box, and then a slightly older baby, et cetera, et cetera. Going down the line, there's eight of them. And uh, mm-hmm. eventually when he's an old man, the box finally opens and it's death and he dies, yeah. uh, which isn't really <laughs> funny. But I think it, it, it's a good commentary on life. When you finally yeah. get when you finally get what you want, it's too late. <laughs> and yeah. You, and you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that it is a good one. Yeah, that's my second. But it was one. kind of sad to me, so. <laughs> but I was happy to see Ed Steed back in the magazine. I love Ed Steed's cartoons, so that was good. What I what I liked about it was you knew exactly where it was going, and yet it still ends right. perfectly, even yeah. though you knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I like a cartoon that works as like a commentary on life. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if this winds up in a self-help book down the road. If somebody buys it, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, like do what you want now because when you finally get it, it'll be too late. When you're looking at that cartoon, did you have Paco the Weasel going through your head as you're going through the cartoon? All right. Any other thoughts before we jump into uh, your interview? Um. There were there were a lot. Well, I don't want to be negative, so no. <laughs> now you have to say it. Now. Now you have to say it. <laughs> there, you know, there there's so many cartoons. The well, first let me have a, make a positive comment. The look I can explain. It's Brad Pitt cartoon. I I don't think the cartoon is actually that funny, but the artwork in that is excellent. Like it, it does look like Brad Pitt. It's so good that it doesn't look like it belongs as a New Yorker cartoon. Yeah. It's it's too good. Where it's mm-hmm. actually distracting how good it is. You you don't it even, is. when I look at a New Yorker cartoon, I don't want it to be drawn that well. I want it to look like a cartoon. <laughs> right. That looks like like a comic book drawing. Right. Yeah. It it is amazing how good that is. So I I uh wanted to point that out before I say something negative. But uh these some of these are so um, like they, they almost they're just lines of what people say in real life with with a drawing drawn next to them. And I, I don't think that that's a funny trend in in cartoons, you know, and I see it so often lately. It's the one I'm thinking of is um, the the girl on the couch with her cell phone. The person you're trying to reach is available, but not answering this call because he hates all forms of confrontation. Like, okay, that might not be something that somebody would say in real life, but it, it's just like an explanation. I don't think, I don't find it funny. And I, and I, I, I'm, I'm not wording it correctly, but I, I I get what you're saying. There's a trend that I'm seeing in New Yorker cartoons recently that, do a lot of that and there's another one in there the uh the girls videotaping a concert you know i like to take shaky videos that i'm i'll never watch or show anybody right yeah i don't think that that's that's just like life commentary it's not you know it's not like a funny caption no i've been meaning to bring up that point because i agree and that's Mm -hmm. it seems that's what emma likes uh, mm-hmm. You know, another example, not from this week's issue, but that I that I had to illustrate that same point. And there's hundreds of them. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is just a, 
couple being introduced and she says, I want to introduce you to who share one superficial commonality. That will be the topic of every awkward conversation you ever have from now on. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an example. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, another one with a, a maitre d. You know, do you have a reservation, or do you want me to stand in the corner and stare daggers at me for two hours? It's just saying yeah. like quiet part out loud. Right. Uh, right. And I'm trying to remember that we had a cartoonist on who talked about this as well, and it's a, a different kind of humor that uh, I don't know if it's millennials or somebody, but it's the shared experience humor. You know. Yeah. I recognize myself in this cartoon. I have yeah, done that. Right. right. You look at it and it's not right. funny, but you go, oh, yeah, that's so, you know, uh, who, who's good, uh, but he sells a lot of these is Asha Perlman. Yeah. Most yeah. of his cartoons in the magazine are like that. And mm-hmm. again, I, I think he's great. And the stuff they don't buy from him on his Instagram is, in my opinion, much better than the stuff that they're actually buying. But right. the stuff they're buying from him is all that. It's just all mm-hmm. you look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's so me. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. That, you know? Which, yeah. It's like you don't have to look at the picture then look at the caption and then put it together and go oh my god that's funny it's you don't you don't do that with these captions it's just like oh yeah you know oh okay it i don't know they're not that that trend is not wowing me in in cartoons i agree i've been doing this for a while and that's Mm -hmm. and uh well one other thing you mentioned because i agree it's that style of joke which Mm -hmm. i don't like and you pointed to ivan eller's cartoon I will say sometimes these cartoonists do a great benefit by coming on the podcast because mm-hmm. I love him now. And uh, oh my God, he got emails from people at all. It gave me a total different perspective of his cartoons. Now, like I yeah. see his cartoons and I like them more and I want to see him. <laughs> right? You want to see him in the magazine more. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. Yes, he was. He was a uh, anyone who didn't see it, go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. He was a good interview. All right. Yeah, I think uh, he w- he was the one that talked about that trend, right? Was he? Yeah, and, yeah. he was. and he did it with this one. Uh, like I said, it's not a bad cartoon, but like you said, I you know I love recording shaky videos. I'll never watch or show somebody one day. It's like mm-hmm. you're just saying, you know. So people look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I always film videos and never show them to anybody." Right. Yeah, I agree. This is a yeah. trend of cartoons that I tend to not like as well. Mm-hmm. And so they're picking, you know, they're choosing that. So the cartoonists are making more of those because. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't blame them. You know? Right. Right. If that's what she's buying, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to, that's right. what you're going to write. Right. But I just don't think they're as funny as like, I don't want to say the old New Yorker cartoons, but the cartoons prior to this trend were, were funnier to me. I tend to agree. And I know exactly what you're referring to. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, uh, I I could not join for it. So I look forward to listening as well to uh, Beth and Paul's interview with Sam Marlowe. Hey, Sam. Welcome hey, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. Uh, where are you located? Um, so I'm in New York City. I'm in okay. uh, Manhattan, like downtown area. I'm originally from like Union Square. I grew up in New York. So I am like definitely a New Yorker type. Like I can't function outside of a city environment. So uh, this is this is like um, this is the best place I could I should live. I can't drive. So I'll I'll premise with that. Yeah, New York, <laughs> New York is good for that. Well, if you're born and bred, born and completely raised in New York, there's never any reason to. 
yes, be more, yes. more of a hindrance than anything else. So I, I enjoy walking. I really hate being in cars, a passenger mm-hmm. train, like any form of transportation. I really, I really don't enjoy that much. Uh, so walking is definitely my favorite thing to do around here. Perfect. You're in the right place, except yeah. in the winter. <laughs> I don't mind. It's okay. <laughs> Paul was in New York for his first time a couple months ago. And uh, we went into the city for the day and it was one of the worst days, the worst days you could be walking around. It was just wet and misty and cold. And you know, oh, was that around Christmas time? Like it in was, December? It was in March. In oh, March. March. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. Just, probably sucks. Yeah. Probably yeah. I, I, it's traveling from Wisconsin. So it's like, okay, it should be a little bit nicer in New York. It's like worse weather in New York than it was in Wisconsin. So, <laughs> Paul, you're in Wisconsin. Yes. And Seth, where are you located? Uh, I'm in Montclair, New Jersey. So okay. not far from where you are. Yes. I've, I'm familiar with both locations. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that you were in, uh, oh, it was in, in Chicago, the art. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I did go to school at the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, I actually met I met Ellis Rosen there, who is another uh, much more uh, famous New Yorker cartoonist. But um, we went to undergrad over there and he actually he went to high school with my twin brother. So we have like oh, wow. weird like we go back very far, but we didn't really we didn't meet until our freshman year of college. Okay, so gotta ask, gotta ask. a lot about cartoons, so I, I owe a lot to him. Okay. <laughs> uh, fraternal twins or identical twins? Or uh, fraternal. Fraternal, okay. Mm-hmm. That that would have been kind of interesting if two of you together, <laughs> who is who kind of thing. Uh, we, we we can't, well, over time, he does look more like me. If he, like, if he had longer hair, he does wear glasses now, if he grew his beard to look just like mine, we would look like um what are those those magnet hair drawing like oh, kids yes. kids would move the magnets around it would kind of look like that <laughs> uh, i think he's slowly turning into my uh my look you know i, I don't think that's a compliment saying you look like that magnet guy <laughs> <laughs> well just in terms of like moving the the elements okay. around I, I there's some similarity I'm, i think that toy is outdated and uh, that's great i used to love that i used I used to love that toy. <laughs> it's so funny. It's amazing how many people have said to us that they, how many cartoonists have said to us that they got helped out with their career uh, or helped getting into the New Yorker by Ellis Rosen. Oh, um, yes. I'm sure he's been casting a very wide net since in the last couple of years. I actually, well, I knew Ellis before he was doing the cartoons. Obviously, mm. uh, I actually I got help from Paul Noth when I first started at, at the New Yorker. So he was sort of Paul was my gateway uh, into like meeting with Bob. Like I met Bob like the year before he retired from the New Yorker. Wow. Um, so like, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I should track. I should go back a little bit. Okay. Um, so I went to art school. Um, I studied animation, comics, and cartoons. I was originally a painter. Like landscape oil paint like very bob ross kind of stuff which i still thoroughly enjoy um and i went into the work field in like 2009 and i just started working in advertising because i needed a job and that eventually led me to working at um titmouse which is an animation production studio they're huge now they have like three different studios like two in the u.s one in vancouver and they're they produce like so many animated shows on Netflix and Amazon and 
Cartoon Network, like every single channel, they're like mm -hmm. the go-to vendor. Yeah. Um, so I worked with them for a couple of years doing background design, a little animation, uh, but mostly background design. And then that's where I met Paul Noth through a, uh, it was a, it was a pitch to Nickelodeon. He, him and his mm -hmm. brother were doing a show called uh, Barbabian. And it was like a three minute, like, like episode of what the show would be. And mm -hmm. I hired on as a, a background designer and I asked Paul at the end of the show, like when it was all done, I was like, I knew, I know you're a cartoonist for the New Yorker. Can you show me how that whole thing works? And he just walked me through the whole thing. Oh, wow. Uh, he looked at my batches for like the first couple months and said, he, until he was like, now you're like, okay to show Bob something. <laughs> and then I took something into Bob and then Bob definitely, he ripped it to shreds. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but then Bob did buy something for me on my second batch, which felt wow. Very, wow. That's and, pretty and then, quick. Then I was in. Oh, it's very quick. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do you remember what that first cartoon was that you sold? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a beer keg that was on its side, and a bunch of little beer cans, sort like like um, uh, drinking the milk, like a, like a mother and uh -huh. a bunch of babies. And then there was one little beer can that couldn't do it because he was like, <laughs> but it was to sell like my first cartoon with no caption, very mm -hmm. simple drawing. Um, I, I would have drawn it a little bit more, like more rendered these days, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm still happy that he bought it and, uh, that, and then it got published. That's amazing. Yeah. Did it take a long time for them to publish it? Uh, that's like a few months, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I don't, I'll also preface, I don't sell to New Yorker too often, maybe like once a year. Mm -hmm. So I think this caption contest, one that was recent, uh, that will probably be it until 2024. Even though I do, I do submit like semi-regularly, like maybe like once a month. And you, I do see your stuff in like in the Daily Shouts. Uh, it, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had, oh, that, that was uh, different. I had uh, a little ongoing series that yes. Emma seem to enjoy um this one's so weird it, it's it's called conspiracy moms it's about two hard-boiled detectives who solve today's most interesting or less interesting uh conspiracies but they also just happen to be moms yes and i just i love the dynamic and uh them going crazy little adventures and emma was kind enough to let me do four of them and she just ran them like once a month for four months so that that was that was very cool, and I, I really enjoyed working on those. Yeah, and uh, that was very surprising because it was a series. You know, I don't see that that often in the New York or I know that's I, kind of, I pitched them all together. I'm like, you could just put these out like back to back as a series, and then they can they could go on for as as many ideas as I have. Uh, but I'm working on another batch of those, okay. uh, and I'll see if she's into it, and hopefully conspiracy theories are still fun to make fun of a little bit oh they are yeah. <laughs> they definitely are yeah. you have to make fun of the conspiracy theories you have yeah. to but I'm, I'm i enjoy the really the really mundane ones like uh like a butt dial like when your phone calls someone but you didn't really call them is that something and <laughs> like my mom calls me but she thought it was a butt dial so i'm i'm just taking from the source material <laughs> That's great. So, so your first caption, your first cartoon was captionless, which is like everybody's holy grail in the uh, 
is, is Cart- that cartoonist world is like a, a captionless cartoon i know is much harder to sell yeah um, and harder to create yes i i'm not a good writer like i i come from a painting illustration background i have no writing expertise whatsoever i can come up with like a little like okay kind of caption i can't do these complicated captions that people are like all the cartoonists are really good at i i, I so i really lean heavily into the captionless cartoon Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to sell less by doing that, but it's, I've always gravitated towards just letting the picture do, you know, do the joke and, or try to mm-hmm. find the punchline somewhere in the image, like mm-hmm. the cartoon, like the punchline is the runt beer keg. They can't, the beer right. can't do it. So there, there, there is a visual punchline somewhere, but I just right. I can't do, uh, I, I don't have the poetic skills. Right. My well, SAT scores didn't indicate that. <laughs> well, I didn't want to get into the caption contest this early on in the discussion, but since we're talking about your captionless cartoons, the the caption contest cartoon with the it was a Jaws theme, mm, you know, right. with the Jaws characters um, on a raft, a charcuterie board raft with the yeah. Swiss cheese coming at them. Did you have a caption for that? Or I was did. that the I, whole I, visual yeah. thing was the joke? I, I did have a caption for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I submitted it as part of my regular batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they wanted to buy it, they uh, they said that they think it'd be good for the caption contest. So I said, go ahead, take it. That sounds great. I've, I've always wanted to be in one, but I wasn't aiming for it. And I'm happy they took out my caption. I mean, it wasn't anything special. It was very <laughs> obvious. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it at this point or if it's been, they've done the final the voting's already caption. done on that one. Voting voting's yeah, done? voting's yeah. already done. Everything's yeah. done on it and they'll announce mm, it. We're just waiting for the winner. Yeah. Okay. Um I guess whatever I saw I think I saw what the three finalists were. I liked there was one about uh we'll have to go to port. We'll, we'll have to get a port. Like that was I think that was mm-hmm. the best in my opinion. Yeah. But it was better than what I thought of. I, I'm happy that the I'm happy it worked for a caption contest. I think it's great. <laughs> so so what was your caption? Um, it was, uh, we're going to need a bigger board. Yes. That's what we thought it was. <laughs> three of those guys, is it's Roy Scheider, uh, the other mm-hmm. guy, and uh, I can't think of the other actor. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, that's like the perfect caption for that cartoon. Although it's funny because Jaws is like a 50-year-old movie at this point. So it's a funny it's a funny reference, but it still comes up all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a amazing. classic movie, um, mm-hmm. and um, it like when I was drawing it, I it, the caption just seemed obvious at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know, like since it's it's a very old reference, it's fifty years old at this point. Yes. Yeah, it was in the wow. set. Well, almost fifty years old. Probably yeah, it was probably late seventies. I don't right? know. Seventy-eight. No, no, no. Uh, he did that before uh, Star Wars, so it's from '74. It's, yeah, it's '44. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Do a lot of the the younger New Yorker readers do they know a lot of these references? Because it's sort of like it's just built in. Like I'm a eighty a late '80s millennial. A lot mm-hmm. of that stuff is sort of in my system uh, from my parents. I don't know if the the Gen Z readers would know it, but they, you could look it up. It's not that bad. I. Don't I want to say I don't think they would know it because like I have a 30-year-old son and I don't think he would know. I don't think he would know that reference. 
I'm going to have to ask him. It's such a good How do you not know that reference? It's I don't know. They, you know, when they were kids, I tried to do movie night all the every week, and they just ha- didn't want anything to do with it. They would get up and leave. You know, they'd complain. They'd say this isn't funny. You know, I put on like every funny movie I grew up with. Airplane, airplane. They did they not understand the humor in airplane. That's tough. <laughs> um, I, I... Like I feel like I should give condolences for that one. But, uh, I was uh, I was mentioning a spaceballs reference to someone recently who's definitely right. not in their thirties, wait like mm-hmm. younger than that, and they they knew it, and I was shocked that they wow. used a spaceballs like a specific scene in spaceballs. Mm-hmm. That that was shocking. So it's yeah. kind of awesome. Like some people know, some people really have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I can get through a week without quoting spaceballs at some point. <laughs> <laughs> The, the my favorite line of like the, just the past few months is when Dark Helmet is in the little safari gear in, on <laughs> in the in the, uh, in the little car in the desert, and he's like, "Okay, let's get let's get out of here." And Colonel Sanders says, "All right, prepare to move forward." He's like, "Preparing, you're always preparing. Just go." <laughs> oh <my laughs> that line just seems to work for me anytime I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I love it, and I love ludicrous speed and. You know, the Druish princess and and everything, everything. And it's Mel Brooks' birthday today. It is? Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, my God. 97. Wow. He's like definitely one of my uh, uh, comedy heroes and Mm -hmm. jokes. Just Mel Brooks, Spaceballs, and Seinfeld. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. like, that's the perfect mix. Yeah. Wow. Birthday Mel Brooks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> should be a national holiday in my opinion <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway we're getting we're getting pretty far afield from from your career as a cartoonist so, <laughs> uh, so okay so um should uh should i just t- talk more about my animation career or yeah um, some shows i've worked on yeah um, yeah because i i've definitely my new yorker career has been like something i wanted to do when i was a kid and, and in high school but I never figured out how to break into it until later mm-hmm. on. Well, you you did send in a batch of, or at least a cartoon to the New Yorker when you're in high school, if I re, if I read that right. Did, where did I write that? Somewhere. Uh, I yeah, read a that. case for pencils. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> I did. I, I remember drawing on just eight and a half by 11 paper and mailing it in. And they were terrible, like really bad cartoons, just like um they looked like family guy i before family guy even was popular uh so i'm glad they didn't take it seriously but that was my first attempt and then i did try it again when i was in college when my art style got a little bit more refined but still not nothing special in terms of the the joke writing um and then i didn't try again until i met paul because i'm like okay this is this is a, a good opportunity to really give it a shot because mm-hmm. I had some time I, I was I, mean, I was working full-time but I didn't have any I, I wasn't going anywhere with my animation career I was just I was just working on shows which was great and I worked on some very fun shows but I found this little block of time where I could really focus on developing the New Yorker style I remember one of Bob's first notes to me was this that my cartoons look too much like the adult swim cartoons uh which wow. is what I was used to working on so mm-hmm. I had to like really shift my illustration style and figure out like how does my independent work really look like because I've just been doing other people's shows for for years wow 
Um, so like when I first started in animation, I was working on a show called Super Jail, which came out on Adult Swim originally in like 2007. And mm. I worked on the third and fourth season, which is like 2014 and 15, I think around that time. And uh, that show is great. I love that show. Mm. Like it's a very underground. Not a lot of people have heard about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Look it up. It's it's really mm. fun. it's an amazing show. Like some of the most talented New York animators and cartoonists and designers have worked on that show. And um, it's it's just a, a, a really it was such a good experience just doing that. It was they were only 10 minute long episodes, like eight to 10 episodes a season. And I was in the background department for most of it. There was about 200 backgrounds per episode. So we, had to, it wow. was me and like maybe two or three other background designers. We had to crank them out constantly for months. And we had like maybe three weeks on one episode. And then when we wrap that up, we just go on to the next one. Wow. And every scene was just really, uh, uh, really dense and, and, and quick. Like a, like a background could be on, you know, on screen for uh, two seconds or less. That was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I was just going to say is that, uh, but when you do a background, uh, what are you trying to achieve when you do that? I mean, uh, like you know, when you see it on the screen, it just you know, you're just see a small part of it. But your backgrounds are usually much bigger than the scene because the characters in it have to move around in it. That's correct. So it, the the way it usually works um, is like let's say like these screens are, that's our frame, right? We're all the characters in our scenes. Everything is storyboarded like a regular animated movie or TV show. Those storyboards get then spread to every department, like character design, uh, character layout, background design and layout. And uh, and then like, nothing's been animated yet. We're just like laying things out. So once I know the storyboard, I know exactly where the character is going to be. So I figure out everything around it plus extra. If, the cam- if there's a camera move built into it, I already know where it's going to go. And when we plan accordingly for like you know it starts over here it pans over here so i have to draw three fields of of that space in order for the camera to function within it and then we don't lose resolution because it's all draw it's all done in photoshop and then we just hand the photoshop files to uh the compositors who then plug it into after effects and the animators have been working on the storyboards to do the characters and then they mush it all together um the animation process is really fun and when it works, it's it's really nice. And uh, for Super Jail, it was it was a little different because there was a lot of cutting from one thing to another, um, or a lot of like repeating kind of Tom and Jerry backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Draw like two different things, and it's just swinging by really quickly, so you don't even really get to register. But on some shows I've worked on, uh, there's this thing called a banana pan, where it starts on one angle and in one specific perspective, and it will. Uh, pan into another angle so you have to draw the angle changing over time in one picture wow. yeah so when the oh camera my gosh through it uh it looks like the space the camera moved through space but it's really just right. this weird warped looking picture mm-hmm. so i like by itself it looks really weird yeah but in the camera movie it looks perfectly fine wow so That's yeah so I, I actually started uh getting into background uh in animation a few years ago and i, I bought this book about maurice noble yes i that's the book i, I studied in, when i first started yeah. that's got everything in there yes right. maurice noble is like the king of television backgrounds he he like 
he streamlined the process. He made the art style really, really work for animation where you're not just like rendering like realistic environments that are just sort of plainly placed together. Like there's a lot of purpose and, and, uh, and design that's, that's built into it. Right. And I should, for people who don't know who Maurice Noble is, he did a lot of the oh. background for the Warner brother cartoons, uh, Duck Dodgers, uh, the cartoon, uh, what's up for doc and some right, right. of the classic cartoons. And it's just, I love his work you know, in the background, just, it's just interesting to study what he did. Uh, Wiley Coyote, he did a lot of the Roadrunner cartoons. Um, I think he was the art director for like a big chunk of time um, while working with Chuck Jones. So like the Chuck Jones, Maurice Noble, that mixture is probably like the height of the Looney Tunes era. And I think that's what everyone remembers is like those specific poses and like those designs. Like old Looney Tunes, they look so, they look like those old, uh, um, what is it? Uh, the, the, they look like the rubber hose animation yes. from the, the 20s, yeah. like the mm-hmm. Fleischer cartoons. They have much more of that look. But I love the the 50s and 60s Looney Tunes so much more. Yeah. Like they really figured it out. Good. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it that you 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 read his book and are taking cues from Maurice. I, I love that you're doing that. Yeah, oh, that's... yeah. That was like number one like reference point. That's so interesting because I was just going to say when you said you, a, a lot of it is done in Photoshop, I was going to say it's amazing that they were able to do it back in the 50s and 60s or prior with Looney oh, yeah. Tunes and it looked so good. You know, well, I thought it looked good. <laughs> you know? I mean, right. comparatively to now, everything is higher tech and looks different, but it's that's amazing. That's true. The, the way they figured out the um, like I think it's a it's gouache or or acrylic paint on um, just regular um, arches paper, like or or just a very tough paper stock. They mm-hmm. they had to like draw the um, like the background layout very clearly to hand over to the animation department because they only get one chance to do it. If mm-hmm. if in, you know today's world, we could just replace the file, do a revision. It's much easier to exchange all of those. Um, like you can do revisions to you know mm-hmm. the nth degree. You don't have to, you know, be worried about if if it doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. So there is that advantage. But stuff doesn't, you know, it still looks amazing today. The stuff they do now is still very, very impressive. Let's see. I guess I can name some other shows I, I may have I have worked on. Um, I worked on a uh, a show for the Sci Fi Channel called Deadly Class that was originally a comic book that they turned into. Uh, one season of a TV show with flashbacks that were animated. So I got to do backgrounds on those animated flashbacks. But we had like very specific comic book reference. So we got to look at the comic book artwork and just translate that into the background design. And then they did the same thing for the characters. So that, that was fun. So the line work was a little bit more familiar to me, like a New Yorker cartoon where it's not it's not perfect. There's like little mistakes here and there because like in animation there's a lot of tendency to make these super clean lines that look very computery and it was nice to like step away from that a little bit um have a more natural feel so if there's like a mistake like it doesn't it didn't really matter as long as the composition works and like the line weight is is decent Um, right Uh, computer animation can sometimes look a little too clean yes uh that all comes from uh using uh flash to animate characters 
like I'm sure you remember like flash animation from like the early 2000s mm-hmm. was very like uh you know things moved around a little too clearly and the line work was was too like the ta- the line would taper just perfectly it wasn't it didn't feel right right mm-hmm. now they have like more adjusted line weights and um you can make stuff look like pencil drawing it's it's amazing there's one you did for uh i can't remember what but saving the seeds project oh uh seeds of time yeah that was a, a documentary um that my brother was the editor on and he hired me as like to fill in some animation gaps here and there and i did some 3d stuff and after effects that was interesting that was a lot of fun to do uh it took me forever to figure out this like fake 3d space right after effects it was not uh i'm not good at 3d design and artwork that's that's a different field. I'm gonna leave that to the experts. Yeah, I was, I was looking at your the regular cartoons that you're doing, and then I saw that, and it's like, oh, that he had to do something, had had to learn some different uh, software for that <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is like ten years ago, but maybe it's probably a little bit more developed. But After Effects has this like two and a half D kind of function, like everything's two D in in my world, but and three D is like you know Maya and Autodesk and uh, all those other programs that I have no idea how to use, but After Effects can do sort of a, a middle ground where you can take a flat object and move in 3D space, but it's not perfect. So those scenes that I did were very hard to do, and I, I could have find I could have found a better way to do it, um, to be honest, but it, it still works. works. Can you remind me of other things in my... Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm working on it here. <laughs> So when when Bob Mankoff said that your your cartoons look too much like Adult Swim cartoons, did mm-hmm. he know that you were involved in in that world, or was that just like off the cuff? That's what he thought thought of when he saw it. He just thought it, and then I said, "I wow. well, I worked on them." And he's like, "Well, that makes sense," but he's like, "Don't do that." <laughs> Some of that. He, wow, he was, that's yeah, that's he, crazy that he had an eye for that. You know, I mean, he probably up on that. so so much artwork like that at the time like mm-hmm. between like 2004 and like 2016 like adult swim had so much like before streaming mm-hmm. adult swim shows were really popular um and maybe they still are but they were on tv like when i was on when i worked on super jail it was like you had to wait for it to be on tv it wasn't streamed mm-hmm. yet like nothing it wasn't on hbo right. max or uh it wasn't on netflix like there was no way to just watch it i had to wait mm-hmm. for the premiere and we go to the bar for the like with the whole crew like the creator um christy caracas would invite everyone to a bar in brooklyn to watch the premiere while everyone's getting drunk and mm-hmm. it was like a real event kind of thing mm-hmm. and um the reason why i've actually stepped away from animation uh in the last few years is that i uh i can't really experience that anymore and I'm not thrilled with a lot of the content in TV. Like I love Black Mirror; that just came on, but that's mm-hmm. that's about it. It's it's I hard. To I haven't watch watched that yet. That stuff. Black Mirror is kind of is that the show that's kind of like um, it's like one ep- it's like con- yeah. complete episodes. Yeah, um, it's like the uh, yeah. it's like the anthology series, uh-huh. uh, uh, British. Um, originally it's like a twilight zone it's like the modern right, day that's what i was yeah that's what i was trying to trying to remember I'm like twilight zone why it was on the tip of my tongue yeah and and jesse from breaking bad is in that right yes oh my god that was mm-hmm. a good episode i'm not gonna 
<laughs> so, okay. So that's, I worked on um, Home for Netflix. That was based on the movie from uh, from DreamWorks. So they did the movie okay. with Rihanna. And then they did a TV show where they changed the, the actors to sound like the movie characters. And then uh, the movie was 3D, but the TV show was 2D. So they had Titmouse do all the character animation in the backgrounds and stuff. But I got to do the character animation on a few episodes on season one. Uh, and that was that was a good experience. I, I liked... I liked animating on that show. I, I, you know, it's not. I'm not amazing at animation, like the, doing characters. It's a mm-hmm. challenge for me, but I can do it. And uh, but once I was done with it, I don't think I can. I can go back. It's 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 grueling. It's and mm-hmm. it's not for it's not for everybody. Yeah, but that's a and tough thing. Do you find that the like you know this is going to sound like I'm old, but the digital age, like everything can be streamed right away now. Um, do you find that that's changing the whole industry? Just like, you know, the New Yorker magazine has changed, like print comics are no more in, you know, all kinds of different magazines and publications, like the whole digital age seems to be affecting so many different industries like that in the arts world. I, I think uh, streaming is both good and bad for animation and animation is specific outside of like the tv realm like i know there's a writer mm-hmm. strike going on which does greatly affect animated shows because those also have to be written mm-hmm. but there, i think streaming like leading up to like the, the like the apex of streaming services uh in like you know before 2020 animation was just growing and growing constantly mm-hmm. when i got into the in, into it it was it was pretty good. It was it was moving along, but they were coming out of a uh, sort of a dry spell after the animation boom in the '90s. Mm-hmm. So in the early 2000s, everything kind of dried up. All the major studios kind of landed where they were, and the independent studios weren't really functioning as well. So you couldn't get those really cool MTV style shows. Like you're not going to see a Beavis and Butthead or mm-hmm. a Neon Flux these days. It's going to be uh, a very like corporate version of that mm-hmm. but now that you have like all these shows coming out there's so many people coming into the field and this has been going on for the last 10 years mm-hmm. there's so many more jobs for people coming out of, out of school mm-hmm. and i remember interns coming over to titmouse and like you know learning the job there was constantly hiring it was it was expanding as i was working. i just i was like i kept working everyone just kept showing up so <laughs> And, you know, this is right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really good for the the workers, although now they have to figure out the writer's strike problem, because if there's no shows, there's no one to work on them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sort of, a, you know, it's good and bad for uh, other reasons. But mm-hmm. in terms of like consuming the content, I think it's great because then you just have this show, like any type of show could be made and you could just watch it and a lot of different kinds of things are being made now. So I think, I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, animation will find its audience. I mean, back in the, you know, early days, you had to go to a movie theater to see a cartoon. Right. Right. It came along and, you know, as I said, you still had to wait to see it, but you could see it without going to a theater. Computers came along. You could just look it up on the computer. And so it just, you know, it'll find its audience. If you do something good, it'll find its audience one way or the other. That's true. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice that there's so much that you can do with it now. Like you're not, no one's bound to multi-plane cameras 
yeah. and painted backgrounds and cell animation. Like that just sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> one of my uh, close friends from from Titmouse, um, Dan Medea, he he's a little older than me, and he worked on Saturday Night Live those uh, Saturday TV Funhouse cartoons. Mm-hmm. Everything was on paper and cells and they had to produce them that week. Like, I think they made them up in Westchester. And he remembers drawing like by hand. And I'm like, how do you feel about like the way it's done now? He's like, it's so much better now. I would never go back to that. Uh, it just, because that animators were stuck with that for like 80, 90 years until right. things really shifted over into uh, a digital uh, I mean, the process is so streamlined. It's an right. it's a- and, and that's part of the industry as well, because as I was saying, you had it full animation and then you had Hanna-Barbera came along and you had, oh, what I can't remember what that animation called, but it's, you know, made it much easier to animate for TV. And mm-hmm. now, you know, it's like, what's going to happen with AI, you know, when it, that uh, gets I'll watch that it. show. I'll watch the AI show. They already did it. They um, that Some new Marvel show uh came out the an- the intro it looks animated but it was done with ai okay wow. maybe maybe half like i just i just watched something about it where they taught like the intro looks very painterly and animated but it was really just an ai interpolation of the images that they plugged in okay so it's already they're already using it wow it's i mean how, how do you feel about that because as somebody who does that for a living <laughs> well, okay. come along and just say i want this i should clarify i actually don't do this for a living anymore okay i okay. I, I so uh i stepped away from animation uh in 2021 um i actually i i work with my my wife she's a therapist she owns a a, a fairly large mental health practice in new york and I manage their business. Oh. I do the New Yorker stuff on the side. Um, so this New Yorker is not my source of income. I, I stopped animating and doing backgrounds two years ago so I could fully work with her. Okay. Um, wow. We also had some family stuff going on during COVID. So I, I, animation just, I couldn't make it a priority. Okay. As, as well. Maybe I'll go back one day, but uh, right now this is this is a better this is a better fit. Well, that's cool. That's 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 a switch. I mean, you you all your life you're creative. You know, you it seems like you had this. You needed to create, you know, draw or you know, create something, and you're getting into something else now. Well, I there's this um, the the workflow of an animation studio is not that dissimilar from a mental health practice, which sounds <laughs> crazy to say, but the, you know, there's, there's employees and then there's, there's, right. there's clients and there's scheduling. And okay. uh, I sort of took what I learned from Titmouse and like the production style, and I just matched it to a small business and, and okay. it kind of works. Like they already had a system already, but I just amped it up with like this production uh, sensibility. Like this is a TV production. Mm-hmm. So it's going to work it works kind of like clockwork from that point right. of view and and i get to hang out with therapists all day for free so it's great <laughs> like that's a lot of therapists cool. there's like so many <laughs> that's, that's I, I find that interesting that it can translate like that from you know, it can definitely it's it's very still different industries very different um so like i think about like a scene from animation has like you know there's the scene number the animation frame itself, the background, the effects that are going on to it, the sound, 
the uh, the dialogue and um, you know, and any compositing thing they have to do at the end. Like these are all these elements that are also included into like someone's appointment or a schedule. Um, what day? Like all those different points of information have some kind of translation to like a workflow and a timeline. Like everything is just on one little timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just sort of I know it sounds very abstract to talk about it, um, but it's it makes sense to me when yeah, when I, I work. My yeah, I've got a background in production inventory control, so I know what you're talking about. It's, it's scheduling and trafficking and getting everything to be at the right point at the right time. Right, so, right. It's just it's just directing traffic. Yeah, on 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 little tiny scales, <laughs> little little tiny traffic. Do you, do you find yourself when you're talking to these therapists picking up little things to write down for cartoon ideas, or you? Don't... Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, most of the time, it's just really serious work, and I can't even uh, think about cartoons. Uh-huh. But uh, what one thing I'm trying to do, and I do have a cartoon coming up that I'm going to submit to um, Emma next next month. Um, I mean, I'm trying. I've been trying to sell a therapy cartoon for a long time, and mm-hmm. so many other people have been doing it. Whenever I see a cartoon with uh, in the New Yorker, there's always the the classic therapist couch. Mm-hmm. And the Freudian character, the Freud guy who's doing the notepad, yeah. and the, the yeah. patient is laying on the couch talking about their issue. I think there was just one out this week. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to my own therapist, as well as the therapist that I work with, no one does that couch thing anymore. Right. It's, a, it's, psycho, uh, it's a psychoanalysis mm-hmm. thing. You come in like four times a week, which we, right. we, we don't even offer that. And mm-hmm. It's not a common practice anymore, yet it's right. built into our brains. It's like, that's what therapy looks like. Right. So I'm trying to like slowly cancel that couch uh, like, like in, in some way or another, but it's hard <laughs> to draw an iconic chair. You know, it's like it's such, a, it's such an image that works. It automatically clicks mm-hmm. as a, as a cliche. I, you know, you could draw a little uh, diploma in the background, a bunch of mm-hmm. books in, in the background. And therapists, most therapists don't even use notepads anymore. They just they just talk and retain the information. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I don't know I how they that, do that. <laughs> they have their job. Seeing yeah. so many people a week and they can keep it all straight. That's insane. <laughs> they, like they, they are very they are a very special group of people, mm-hmm. uh, therapists. They they deserve, I mean, they deserve a lot of respect that if they don't get it already, they deserve like even more. They, they mm-hmm. probably, I feel like my, like, uh, so Kelly Hirschman, my wife, her practice, I feel like her practice kept uh, a lot of people in during COVID sane, like in New oh, York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them did okay because they were with her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Freudian couch is uh, seared into our uh, cultural memory or whatever. It's, I, I don't, yeah. see that going away very easily <laughs> yeah. so I've, i have a cartoon using that couch so I'll, I'll see how that one goes but i asked my therapist why did freud do that in his <laughs> like why would he not look at the patient like what was the like the psychological approach to doing that and she said without even thinking about it oh he had a, a problem with eye contact he couldn't make eye contact with people so he would just yeah. not just say like oh, i can't look at you in session so they looked away and that's why it, they do that. 
Yes. This wow, that's crazy. I never knew that. Yes. I don't know if this is why but this is I'm taking my therapist's word for it. She's expert in the field. Mm -hmm. Uh so I didn't research this, <laughs> just going by her word. But if that's true, that would be great. That makes like, sense. I, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's a joke in there somewhere. There's a cartoon mm -hmm. in there somewhere. somewhere. I'll I'll get him. I'll get Freud. I'll get him one day. Uh, no therapy jokes are great though therapy cartoons i mean the therapy cartoons like the couch the couch is definitely iconic if you have two chairs set up with somebody sitting there talking to they may just look like two people talking right so that I might know. be kind of hard to get rid of that, that. but mm -hmm. it doesn't work it does it doesn't look as interesting to draw mm -hmm. so we may be stuck with this one for a while yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. you say like the desert island cartoon, like islands don't really look like that. Like, I right. know. Right. <laughs> There's one coconut. What are they eating? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Like, three, no, they have no coconuts or a bunch of coconuts. They don't I have just one. Three. I think it's three. Three is the three? main for coconuts. Yeah. And, and it's like shows. coconuts work well in threes. Yes. Yeah. Most islands out in the Pacific Ocean or wherever are not like three feet by three feet either. Right. <laughs> it's it's we'd rather have the image than what's really true about it right so maybe this is like a false uh cr um crusade that i'm on but um i always ask, never know i think you should try it you know always take the road less traveled and go for it so, oh yeah i got cool. i got i got one coming up and well, <laughs> this what emma will think about it you don't submit every week, though, obviously, right? You just no, no. I, I like once a month. I can do like eight cartoons. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I try to do them fully finished. Like I, I, I tried roughs in the past, like like a rough draft of it, and those just they don't translate. I have to like mm -hmm. really finish them. So if they like it, they like it because that was that was the final version. Mm -hmm. um, although for the the caption uh, contest cartoon. I did redraw a part of that when I sent in the final. So, you know, like when they, they okay a cartoon, you, they say, give, send the finished cartoon in like a week or something like mm -hmm. that, the timeline. Uh, I know some cartoonists might do a rough and then they just really, they do a nice finish later on. Um, I try to finish them, but I, the, the main, who's the bearded guy who got eaten by the shark in, in Jaws? Uh -huh. Quint, what is his name? Uh, yeah, so with the, mm -hmm. the handlebar mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't Quint, remember uh, his name. It's Quint. So he was, he's, yeah, that guy on, on the little charcuterie board, I, the way I drew him originally looked really bad, and he was like kneeling on one on one knee, and he was holding the thing all wrong. It, it didn't look right, so I just redrew him, and then I'm like, I'll just redraw all the characters at this point. So I, re I redrew each character to make mm -hmm. them, the silhouettes a little cleaner, and get their their facial expression a little better and uh just clean up a lot of the 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 junk that was that was there that's that's why i did backgrounds that was not a uh, character design was not my my speed not my, mm -hmm. uh, my not my fastball do you have any cartoons in the, in the hopper with them right now that they haven't published yet nope that was it so i think I, they sell one they put it out i don't have like a i don't have that right. that queue of cartoons that other cartoonists might be might be having but you know, it's it's great when they buy one, and so I'm always, I'm always yeah. happy. And that was your first experience in the caption contest. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm happy to be in any part of the magazine. At this point, like I've had some regular cartoons published. I've done daily shouts. Uh, I've done a caption contest. 
I feel like I've I've done all I've done the 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 um, I've done all of them I guess. Checked um, all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, I checked all the boxes. <laughs> I've done some caption list cartoons. I've done some caption ones with actual captions that they, they 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 seem to enjoy, mm-hmm. and um, I would like to do another daily shouts. I think that's what I'd, I'd like to do next. I think I want to do some more uh, conspiracy moms. Um, but I just, I got to make sure it's, it's, it's good. You may uh, be able to spin that off into a, a book at some point. <laughs> I was thinking about if I could just do enough of them, I'll just mm-hmm. combine it into a little book and just sell them. Cause I, I really like drawing those characters. Just anything with detectives in all oddball scenarios is, is very funny to me. Yeah. And, and I just like the, the Ren and Stimpy dynamic, like the Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. uh, the, um, Peaky in the brain. I just love Chris Farley and David Spade. Like that's like those <laughs> that those two types together always seem to work. Mm-hmm. Like a dominant and then like a sub. That's excellent. you did a cartoon that uh, I saw that it works as a multi-panel, but it also works animated. It's the uh, oh yeah. That. And- I, I thank you. I remind you, Paul. You just reminded me of things I've worked on that I forgot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was cool. That was that was like early into COVID when everyone was starting to work at home. Right. That was a daily cartoon for yeah. the just for the site. Um, and I pitched to Emma an animated GIF of a Transformers type thing of like a bed turning into a desk because that's essentially what we were we were doing for uh, a year and a half or two years. Uh, when I pitched that to her, she said, "Like sounds great. Do it, and we'll try to we'll run it." And mm. um, it kind of works. I like the way it, it turned out. I wish I had had time to do a couple of more in between frames. I think I did six total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have been happier with ten, but I I, I didn't have time to uh, add any more. Like I wanted the transformer sound effects. <laughs> that's I. That's what I had in mind. But I don't think I don't think we can uh, uh, load that for their website. And yeah. maybe the copyright on that sound effect. <laughs> but I, I like that because it, it combines your animation with the New Yorker cartoon. It's just this mm-hmm. little thing that you did there. Yeah, I, I wish uh, it was harder to do than I thought. I was like, this sounds like a good idea. It's like, it's not moving. Only the objects are moving inside of it. I just have to figure out the pathway for each little item. Um, I would do that again if I had a good idea for it. Um, and I've seen some animated like cartoon like they take new yorker cartoons and they animate them i think ed steed just had something come out with his work that was animated i might be wrong but his stuff is great we great for animation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i they should do more of that stuff it's it's yeah. awesome yeah since it's online you know for the daily shout for daily humor that that would mm-hmm. be a perfect spot to add a little bit of animation to it yeah um i would definitely do that again but it, it like it needs to be Needs to be something that's worth worthy right. of being animated. Right, mm-hmm. it has to be integral into the humor of it. It was, you know, why it should be animated, just not yeah. animate it for, you know, you can do it, but it has to be part of the humor of it. Exactly. Like I remember a, a teacher I had in in college, uh, like a, a storyboarding teacher. I don't remember her name, unfortunately, but she said, "If it doesn't need to be animated, don't animate it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my first thought is like, well, King of the Hill doesn't need to be animated, but it's great because <laughs> it's animated. It's so normal. That's the only. That's like the one exception to that rule. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
you're right that that sitcom could have been a sitcom without it being animated right <laughs> so, like if friends was animated would it be good yeah like <laughs> seinfeld animated that that may not work but king of the hill works perfectly <laughs> A Saturday morning cartoon of Seinfeld. I can see that. <laughs> oh they, they, they probably did that in uh, in SNL in the nineties. I'll ask. I'll ask my buddy about that if, if they ever did a Seinfeld parody. It needs a snickering dog in it somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. What else can you find off my IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm looking at this, and this is uh, Ben. Unfortunately, cannot be with us during this podcast, so I'm going to mm-hmm. ask a Ben question. Okay. Uh, did you think about your signature at all when you're signing your cartoon? Because you've got your full name there, Sam Marlowe, written yes. on your cartoons. Did you uh, think about that at all, or you just write it on there? I, I do. I do think about that. Uh, originally, I just wrote my last name, and uh, I slowly started to integrate my full name into it. Um, but that's like a specific signature just for New Yorkers. I have like a different signature for my checkbook. Um, <laughs> so I, I just I like to keep them separate. I maybe I'm like I'm kosher with my signatures. Maybe. Like I keep I keep them separate. You know the milk and the meat. <laughs> <laughs> and and I got to say here, Sam Marlowe is the perfect uh, film noir private eye name. That's no, it I'm is. Really it didn't is. think about that <laughs> uh, when they they named me. Um, yeah, I, I, I know. I've, 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 that's probably why I like detective stuff because. If I just put myself in one, I would it would be um, an easy fit. Uh, so I, I acknowledge that there are there are a lot of Sam Marlowe's in the world. Uh, there's a lot in England. It's a very it's it's kind of a British Marlowe's a British name uh, for my dad's family, even though it's that's it's it was like a chosen name when they moved. Mm-hmm. But it's it definitely works great as a as a detective. Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah, you you could have taken a whole different career path if you followed your <laughs> name into. Yeah, could have been an unsuccessful private eye. Yes. Yeah, I, I envision what you know a private eye in a dark room, sitting at the desk with the blinds drawn. You know, the classic. When I was, when I was doing uh, the conspiracy moms, there was a bunch of like YouTube playlists, and that's basically the picture. Yep. And they like. <laughs> sort of sultry jazz music in the background and that i just kept that like intact like the theme from taxi driver is like almost the perfect noir theme mm-hmm. i listened to that like non-stop uh well <laughs> on conspiracy moms maybe they do a, I do an episode where they they uh team up with travis bickle but so do you uh, do still do any painting or you don't do I that still, anymore it's, no it's it's too cumbersome and, and expensive mm-hmm. Um, I remember in in college when like this is just my first semester. Uh, I was living in the dorm and like the school is like where the museum is, and I was taking my like thirty two by thirty two paintings to class for critique. Wow. And you know it's very windy in Chicago, and after like twenty minutes of just trying to bring this big stupid painting for this. <laughs> stupid class i'm like fuck this sorry like i don't want to do it anymore. I, I, I don't want i need to scale this down yeah this, you know it's too big it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. so backgrounds is kind of where i found my my painting like itch like i, mm-hmm. I can do I, I feel like i do a painting every time i do a background layout mm-hmm. even though i'm not painting it actually i'm just doing the, the layout um right. finished drawing it does it satisfied my my need to do that 
And I always wanted, I wish there was a show, like a like a TV animated show that used Bob Ross's style as the background art. Like that, mm-hmm. I don't know what show that would be, but that's <laughs> jumping off point. Just that's, they live in that cloud mountain. Right, this mm-hmm. happy little cloud right there. That's, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I would watch that. Happy Little Cloud sounds like a great show. <laughs> Happy Little Cloud. Maybe you need to create that. <laughs> Maybe. If I say it on here, does that mean you guys own it? No. <laughs> we, we own nothing. <laughs> no. You can make it a private eye show set in the Happy Little Cloud setting. Oh, okay. Uh, private, <laughs> Bring it all uh, together. Bring it all together. Right. It's a tree <laughs> that solves forest mysteries. Yes. That sounds like... Um, who's the forest bear who who, who solves fire crimes? Oh, Smokey uh, the Bear. Smokey the Bear. Yeah. Or Yogi Bear. No, Smokey the Bear. Yogi's got the picnic basket. Yogi has the picnic basket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get your bears right. Forest down. mysteries would be pretty good. Forest mysteries would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't think Bob Ross and film noir is a good combination. I'm not sure how you would combine that. You never know. Don't. Don't there's, knock it. Until you try. a lot of dark umber or something to get that to work right. There. <laughs> there's got to be a way. I, I'll figure it out. I think I can make that work. Have you ever thought about doing graphic novels, or that's not your wheelhouse? I, I uh, no, I don't think so. Mm. I think if I if I ever do like a book of anything, it's it would be a compilation of stuff I worked on for mm. a bunch of years. When uh, uh, when me and Ellis were, you know first coming up we worked on a couple of things together uh some short stories um he was much always much better at long form work than mm-hmm. i was but i always found that a short story is just more easily digestible and uh, more accessible to work on i was always doing projects on the side like there was a time when i was working at titmouse full time mm-hmm. doing background work um i was doing a music video for uh, Christy Caracas, who did Super Jail, and and I was submitting New Yorker cartoons. So like all three of those things at once kind of drove me nuts. So um, wow. it's, it's hard to conceive of, of a book uh, yeah. in between yeah. you know, all these different projects. But I don't do that anymore. But um, mm-hmm. I think short-term stuff would be much better. That's why I yeah. like doing the Daily Shouts. If I can get those, that, that's a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've had a yeah. few cartoonists on, but who've done the graphic novels, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a couple years out of your life, right it there. Is. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to live in like the countryside to do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. Yeah. But it, it seems like you're just going to be the the city city mouse forever. Yeah, I can't Other leave than the country. It yeah, it won't <laughs> me out of here. You know, I I try to. We go to Miami to see my wife's family, so that's like. That's the only time I get out of New York. So mm-hmm. Miami is just like the other borough. So it's mm-hmm. uh, a hotter, more beach-like New York. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Do, get, I do get to experience other other environments. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't uh, blame you. You have to be, you know, grow up in one area. New York is a great place to to do it. That's oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I had a great time growing up in, in the city. Um, I know Manhattan very well. I know Brooklyn a little bit, Queens a little bit less, Bronx the least, and I've still never been to Staten Island. Well, uh, you'll have to go visit Vin someday because that's where he's from. Oh, is that where he is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I know he was sorry he couldn't make it. He uh, he works as a fire uh, fireman in Brooklyn. So a lot of times his schedule gets moved around because he gets put on a shift. Well, anyways, uh, we, we've gotten to an hour here and uh, we don't want to take up your valuable time. So we really appreciate you coming on here, Sam. No problem. It was so much fun. Thank you for inviting me. I, I really didn't expect this at all. Um, I always enjoy talking about cartoons and animation. So, you know, I look forward to chatting with you guys again in the future. Yeah, yeah we would love that. So thank you so much. Uh, no problem. Yeah, yep. Okay. Take care. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Thanks.